Hey guys, uh, we are back after a uh, wild, wild week two. And, uh, you know, I think I said it in the show notes. I think we've said this before. It usually takes about three to four weeks before we actually figure out how these teams are going to pair out, what their MOs are. And, uh, man, you couldn't uh, you could not have said that any better after this week. Uh, a lot of teams that we thought were going to be front runners kind of either – shit the bed or ones that we didn't think they were going to be front runners kind of did a whole 180 from last week so it's a pretty wild show the chat function is on guys so if you guys got something to comment on if we miss something during the uh during the show which we probably are because we're a bunch of half-ass internet researchers um chime in let us know um man we uh we'll start with thursday night i guess right because that leads off to 5ad1 right we're just going to go down the row here we'll start at the top and uh, we'll work our way down. So Thursday night, which was our game of the week, uh, Alice taking the trip over to Buck Stadium. We both uh, both going to swallow a little bit on that one, eat some crow there. Uh, we both thought Alice was going to maybe shock the world and 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 beat Vets, and that really really wasn't wasn't the case, uh, was it, Justin? No, man, that was uh, it was pretty disappointing from just on the outside looking in, right? Because. I, I legitimately came into that game thinking, you know what, like I know Alice is probably reeling off that close loss to Vets last year, and then uh, a lot of talk has been already kind of written on their behalf, I think, from just random fans and people that were that are pretty close to that community and close to that team anyway. So uh, I guess a little bit of the hype, you know, you kind of buy into it, right, and you want to buy into what, what they're selling. I, I still think they're a great program, but uh, there to me there was a lot of just um, – I don't really know what to think on like some of it because you know we're close to Cutter. He did not look like himself at all. Uh, he 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 was just kind of spotty. The accuracy wasn't there. Didn't seem like he was throwing with his legs and and uh, or anything. He was trying to use a lot of his upper body. I don't know what exactly is going on there, and I'm not going to speculate on it. But uh, Cutter definitely doesn't look like the Cutter Stewart we know. Uh, you know, to me, Alice though on their defense, I was very impressed with the size of their defense. They got a massive defensive line. They got a bunch of talented uh, linebackers and, and DBs. And I just think, you know, they kind of offense could never get the ball moving. And it's, just, it's the same thing that happens. You know, you start getting worn out you start giving vets multiple opportunities and they capitalize on it. And, and you know, honestly, uh, when you really look at it, vets is exactly who they are. Right. I talked to Quentin before the game, right before you got there and, he was asking me, and we we're talking about it. And he had a he brought up a very good, you know, point against vets. Is and at the other at the same same time is vets probably didn't feel like they should have won in the close game against Alice last year. So that was some chip on that shoulder. And then on the on the top of that, they blew a lead to a good New Bronzeville's Canyon team the week prior to start the season off 0-1, which I don't think they've done in a long time. I don't even think we touched on that last hey, show. Speaking, hey, speaking, of, speaking of that Canyon team, they uh they put a hurting on a Victoria school this past week, didn't they? That's what I'm saying. They, I think they won on like 55 to 21 over one of the Victoria schools. So, I mean, they're starting to put out some good product on the field. So, you know, it was, it was disappointing for uh, that game to go 35-0. Uh, I think Alice will get it going. Their district kind of plays in favor for them. Them and Cal Allen, again, that's going to be the, the ticket, right? But – uh Vets definitely looks tougher than I think what people are getting credit. And Alice looks good, but they're going to have to figure out what's going on with Cutter in that quarterback situation. Because I mean, we talked about it at the game. It's just like they would stop. They would stop right before every time they had a uh, almost like a 
signal signal they would adjust their play at the line of scrimmage and just seem to slow them down. And then on top of that, you're throwing quick out routes that aren't very accurate. So it was it just was a really mixed bag of what their offense was doing. And, and it seemed like every time they got down there, they just could not capitalize. That Vets defense was pretty stout. So Vets looks pretty good. I think House is going to be okay. They're just going to need to figure out what's going on with Cutter and how they can adjust, I think. Yeah. So, yeah. So, see, and, and there's, you know, there's a, you know, it, back in that back, that back alley again, you know, there's some talk in there that, that some of the folks, some of the kids in Alice aren't, aren't buying into the program and maybe walking away from it. But um, I hope not, man, because, you know, um, we haven't really, you know, Kyle's one of the ones that we haven't really had a chance to like get out to meet and, all that hoopla that we've done, you know, with a bunch of other coaches around this area. But, you know, just looking from the outside, you got you got half the people seem to like what he's doing. And then the other half, they're pretty critical of it. And it's and this and, and I, don't, I hope this doesn't snowball right for them, because it seems like the last couple of years, it's like we got this Alice high. They're, they're looking great. Tons of talent come out looking good. And he just starts just starts going downhill, downhill, downhill. And the next thing you know, they're like five and five or uh you know six and four getting into the playoffs and getting getting maybe to round two and if you listen to some of the real fans it's because that round one game is not very challenging and then they get blown off the earth and it's like it's disappointing because alice does have the talent and the kids over there you know so hopefully they start buying in and start putting up kind of what the the old alice homers are used to you know what i mean yeah i know definitely uh let's move on right so cc ray another surprising two and oh they had a victory again against tm three to zero uh fourth quarter field goal lifts him over the top but ray is two and oh when's the last time ray's been two and oh anybody want to help us out with that it's been a while Man, i would say since uh the uh uh don't make me lie and say is just give him the wrong name what was the quarterback's name there a few years ago oh no you know you know what oh okay okay uh was it it was bell right 2018 no, bell it, it was Bill, right? Tyler Riddell, nineteen twenty was the last time where he was doing no, it. Was, no, it, was, it wasn't. It wasn't Bell. Uh, <laughs> somebody, somebody will chime in. There's got to be a Ray fan in here somewhere that'll tell us. I can't remember, but he went out and played college ball in the Northeast somewhere. Do we compare him all the time because oh, he was uh, Brad? He was, Brad? Brad? Pretty sure it was Brad Bell. No, nah, it wasn't no. Bill. Somebody will chime Anyways. in. Anyways, that was the year they got knocked out by Wagner. Yeah, they, and everybody. That was probably the last time they were two and zero. Everybody got wiped out by Wagner that year, uh, except Shadow Creek. Um, yeah, I guess the uh, the elephant in the room, Miller, right? So Miller's good at football, apparently, right? Yeah. So they had a, which was a, uh, you know, and I told you, to me, it lost the luster a little bit after El Campo lost that week one to Cuero, and yeah. uh, but like you said, it's it's not a, uh, it's not every day you get to see a number one, number two ranked offense or running back in the nation coming to Corpus Christi. So that was good to see that. And, and Miller was able to hold them, hold him to 158 yards of, of uh, offense. And if, if you follow Ruben Owens, that's a very low production day. It's uh, two weeks of 158. Yeah. For the black unicorn. <clears throat> so uh, Miller did a good job holding him in check, but you know, you watched a little bit of that film. I didn't get to watch any of it. What did you see on it? Well, I mean, uh, you know, Miller, honestly, they looking, they look good. They, the offense is continuing to improve, it looks like. Uh, Trevor Long, I think, is the big story there. He's seems to be starting to kind of come out a little bit as the maybe the preferred guy moving forward at quarterback for them. Uh, I don't want to speculate on that, but a lot of people seem to be really enthralled with what he's doing. He, he had a – I think you had his numbers. What He was like, what, 7 of 8 for over 100? 7 for 8 for 258. 
Yeah, there you go. 258. I mean, uh, I saw some highlights of him. He was, he was, he moves the well, he moves the pocket well with his feet too. I think that's another thing that goes unnoticed is he, he doesn't just stand there in the pocket and sling. He can do it, but at the same time, he can move the pocket when he needs to, which with his receiving core, I mean, he's, he's buying extra time. That's just, your defenses are going to get, yeah. I mean, unless you have unreal athletes out there, it's going to be hard to slow that down. Right. So the best, the best thing you can do to stop that is you're going to have to start collapsing and having some QB contained if he's, if he's moving forward. But uh, offense looks good. Their defense is starting to play the part right. That's one of the big things that Justin and them so, talked about was, hey, you know, uh, the last couple of years, everyone's knocking the defense. That's been the weak link. And, you know, they, you know, you hold Ruben Owens uh, in check to 158. That's pretty darn good. And, you know, if you look at the El Campo team, they got size, right? It just seems like the offensive line's not gelling. And back-to-back weeks, defenses have taken advantage of their offensive line. And, you know, Ruben, if you watch Ruben, man, he's six foot. He's fast. He can move. He's got good cuts. Uh, but it's hard to do things when you got a good defense in the backfield as soon as you're taking the handoff. And, you know, the I watched a player, too, and he he busted one for a touchdown. He did a couple cuts and showed exactly why he's why he's ranked so high. And, you know, he got called back on offensive holding call. And it's like it seems like every time I've tuned in so far to El Campo's games, their offensive line's holding him back and they're going to have to figure something out. Because I know El Campo's fan base is not going to be happy with 0-2. And, you know, next week they got Vets. And if Vets comes out and plays tough, that defense looks stout as well. I chalk that up probably as another loss for El Campo. So uh, they're going to have to do something down uh, up there in El Campo to figure that out. But Miller's defense coming along very nicely. Them and them and Vets, it's going to be a classic again. I think it's going to be kind of like the Carter Center fit. And Andrew Body era, man, that was packing stands and throwing down and – Looking forward to that one. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Um, I, th- I think you summed it up best right there. Um, if you if you read some of the uh, social media goings ons and things like that, that uh, you know they're not happy with what's happening. No Campo. I know their uh, their Facebook page put out a message. Hey, you know it's it's stay behind us kind of thing. You know, don't give up on us yet and things like that. So, yeah, there's definitely some some rumblings going on out there. And, you know, Chad Worrell, who's a state championship winning coach, is the second year there in uh, in uh, in El Campo, you know, coming from Brock where he's used to having talent and people around him and, and being, having kids that can make plays. Um, I don't know what's going on over there. Maybe they're not buying in or something, but I don't know. It's definitely different than what than what he's used to. Uh, yeah, for sure. With that, Let's jump into five A D two and start with your uh your Wildcat. So that that we're gonna kind of hit two birds with one stone here, you know. So it's Battle of the Bridge, GP and Carol. Uh, we had some talk about Carol because they came off a fifty five to twelve win over Ed Catchelsa last week, and then they get the big goose egg this week. You were there, right? So what happened? Yeah, man. So uh, GP busting out. Um, got to touch on that. The blue uniforms for the first time. I don't think I've seen those since like two thousand when they had. You know, I saw uh, somebody like, call them the, uh, the Bills Mafia. Yeah, Bill's was cool. That was, I think that was Matt. He uh, was the center. Remember, he was the center in Miller a couple years ago. Matt, big Matt. Uh, he's actually pretty uh, in touch with what's going on local and coastal men. So it's good for Matt. Now, uh, GP man, defense again. Gosh, the defense looks tight, looks stout. Uh, Khalid Goldsby, he's he's a monster uh, for him. They're doing very well there. Brody Brody's uh, Brody's doing really good at middle linebacker for us. But uh, you know. Carol, what surprised me with Carol, right, is it's not the Carol that we've been used to the last couple of years, right? There's definitely there's something new going on, right? Like they the the kids are they're fighting the full game. Uh they they honestly they brought a very good crowd 
I was I, they they filled up the the away side pretty good. That was shocking to me. I, I ain't seen that in a while for the Carroll fan base. So they're starting to get some people back in the program again. And when I watched them on on, on the field at first, you know, is they got athletes to compete. They have size to compete. But, you know, GP just did a really good job with that defense of, of slowing them up. And and, and I'm not saying Carroll's, uh, you know, they're not one of the powers of the Coastal Bend right now. But they're definitely better than what they have been in the past. But for me, it was Dalvin Bats, man. He came out and he he, he busted out. And only, he only ran in the first half. He came out with, it was 15 carries. Yeah, 15 carries, 181 and four TDs. Um, Ross Dubose on the other end, he was catching passes. He had nine catches for a uh, buck 22 and one touchdown. And then the big story was, uh, filling, you know, uh, Brandon Redden spot with a sophomore quarterback in Reed Dooms. And, you know, for a sophomore quarterback, he couldn't have asked for a better start. He came out and he was 13 for 16, 138 and a touchdown. Uh, my biggest takeaway from Reed Dooms was never at any point did he force a bad pass. Uh, into in, into tight coverage, right? When coverage was good, he either checked down, moved the, moved moved the uh, pocket with his uh, feet pretty well, and then uh, made good decisions, right? So so my takeaway on that was, had he came out and struggled, um, I think I'd have been a little worried. Like, okay, you know, he's a sophomore, he it's it's going to be some growing pains here. But honestly, he threw really good uh, really good balls. Um, I think him and Ross Dubose got um, play tonight on KRS. It's if you get a chance to check it out, it's a really pretty pass over the middle for like 48. Um, so you know, moving forward, I think I think they're in good hands. I, I think the co the coaching staff they relied really heavily on the run with bats, and then they brought in Moreno, and Moreno ran really well for us. So you know, when you have a, a stiff defense like that, and you got a running back like Dalvin Bats, I mean, Dalvin started the game off I think with like a 68 yard touchdown run on touch up the middle. You know, so the offensive line was opening some holes. They got some young guys on that line. Uh, but when you have that kind of talent around a quarterback like uh, Reed, who's a sophomore, adjusting to the varsity speed level, that helps helps out tremendously, right? And uh, you know, the biggest takeaway again was never forced in bad bad situations, made good decisions with the ball, had really nice touch on his pass, and and the confidence is there. He 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 had never no point ever looked like a scared, intimidated sophomore. He was he had a lot of control on the sidelines. Kids are buying into him, so I think GP with that coaching staff, they're doing a good job. They got him in there Monday morning and tuning him up to the offense. And it was vanilla, right? There was nothing crazy. And uh, the talk is they're working on adding stuff to the, to the package, which they kind of did last year. So I think, I think the, the read dooms there with GP until F and, you know, if Brandon does get to come back is going to look pretty good for him. So one of the things so one of the uh, things. we didn't hit on with five AD one, I'm just going to go back to it real quick is, is some of the Valley schools, some of the ones that we need to worry about or be on the lookout for. So PSJ North two and O with a 41-20 win over Los Fresnos, and Los Fresnos bit, beat last week a uh, Wesco East team that people were saying were going to be making noise in, in 5AD1. So Wesco East is, uh, I think they're 1-1 one one now. They won over PSGA High 20-14, uh, to 14, depending who you talk to down there. Um, could be a good win, could not be a good win, right? Obviously, the PSGAs um, are – it's north right now. Yeah. Um, Vela – Still on a tear, another 55.1, 55-13 over Edinburgh High. It was Edinburgh North. They beat last week by the almost the same score. So be on the watch out for them. And the other team that folks thought were going to be making uh, making some noise in 5A D1 and Region 4 was Harlingen South, uh, who is 0-2 right now. Uh, but, they but they have lost to two 6A schools. They uh, they lost to Harlingen High uh, week one in the Bird Bowl, and uh, they just lost to Westlaco 
Um, well, Har- Harlan smoked. I don't, I don't know exactly what other Valley team it was, but they smoked someone like seventy-seven to twenty. It was. Uh, it was actually Mercedes. Yes, who is, Mercedes. who is in the five A D two right? Who's yeah. in that district with Gregory Portland and Flower Bluff, which we'll jump into now. Flower Bluff one and one bounces back with a win over Laredo, uh, Laredo United yeah. South, twenty-seven twenty. Yeah, 27-20. So it looks like Jose Martinez is going to be the, the running back workhorse there. They've got a couple there, but he finishes the leader with 87 yards running and two touchdowns. Uh, the new quarterback, Jaden uh, Paulcello, I think how you say his name, finished with 194 yards passing, two touchdowns. Coming into his own, um, he's got a uh, he's got some big shoes to fill, you know, following Nash Vegas the last couple of years. So, But he's, he's making his way, right? And talking to our guy, Robbie, you know, Flower Bluff should have won that game week one. Uh, against Bernie. It's a young team. They're still trying to find their way. So keep your eyes on the Hornets. Um, They actually play GP or Cal Allen this week. So there's a test of both of them. Yeah. That's a big one for me. I think, you know, you get to kind of see what what Cal Allen brings back and then you get to see what, what the bluffs do. And they seem to be kind of easing into their own, but the fire bluff, it seems to always get better, right? As the season progresses, they get stronger and stronger. So yeah, busting a new quarterback. They got. A, I think they got a slew of running backs because they, they still have Cam Johnson, who who had the leg injury last year, who's starting to kind of come into his own when they gave him some spot time because uh, they they had injuries at running back. So they they have some weapons back there uh, over in the bluff. So that's it. they're going to be a, they're going to be going to watch next week. That should be the game of the week, right? I think for the Coastal Men, probably Flower Bluff and Cal Allen. It usually is. So there's a little blood there too. You know, back in like the mid twenty tens or whatever it was, Flower Bluff had some big wins over Cal Allen that they didn't like back, you know, back and forth. So it should be a good one. So that, so that kind of sums up our D2 now down in the Valley, you know, with some shakeups, we talked about them already, you know, Brownsville Porter surprising two and Oh, Ed catch Elsa came out with a win this week. Uh, That's coach Godin. This is first win. There is the head coach of, uh, of the yellow jackets. He's the coach we talked about last week. That was uh, promoted really quick, really. I think in the middle of two days, uh, Mercedes, just like we said, 0-2, but they've lost to a couple 6A programs as well. They lost to Harlingen and, and Westlaco. Um, yeah. So that still, that's not a good barometer to see how good or how bad Mercedes is going to be, so keep an eye on the Tigers. Exactly. Um, that'll take us down to, to 4A D2, D1. Right, so we'll start with our local district first before we head up north to, uh, to 15 D1. Cal Allen, you know, they did what they were supposed to do. Um, they ended up playing a Mexico. team from Mexico. Right, and that was uh, Lomas Verdes, right? 41 to 6, they got out. And I don't think any of the starters played past uh, past the first quarter, I would think, right? I'm being facetious there. Well, I mean, uh, no. Yeah, it doesn't look – the stats are real marginal, right? Burnett was 7 to 10 for 103, ran five times for 52 yards and two touchdowns. And then Epi carried the ball 16 times for 91 yards and three touchdowns. So it was kind of vanilla – See, I mean, Cal Allen right now, it like, seems like they're trying to find that offense, right? They're, they're not, there's nothing explosive yet. It seems like like uh, they're just – Coach Campbell's trying to get it going. And, you know, Mexico City, it's kind of hard to measure, right? It's like you don't, you don't know exactly how good those guys are. They're just over here trying to get some looks before they go into play their, their league over there. So, I mean – Hey, the, the, I got I to interrupt. I got to interrupt. I don't know if you've seen the chats there. The local – the Coastal Bend troll has made an appearance. Adrian Salazar, he's in here. Uh, really doesn't matter. No team in caps from Corpus Christi to the Valley's winning state, anyways, right? Never mind his Beville Trojans scored a big win. Instead of jump thumping his chest about the Beville's win, he's bashing other teams. Way to go, Adrian. Good job. Um <laughs> playing the villain. Yeah, playing the villain. He plays it well. 
Uh, I'm going to share. We got a highlight share to us from uh, Manuel G, Big Cal Allen guy. I mean, there was probably highlights galore out of uh, out of that Cal Allen game, but he sent, he sent one here. Yeah. Let's pull it up real quick. Boom. Boom. Let's share that here. And here we go. Can y'all see that? There we go. Oh, there you go. Burnett. Yep, that's Burnett. Same play here. We just got it in a little bit late, so. Fake to Epi there, and just I mean, it's hard to measure. I heard there wasn't a whole lot of kids on that that Mexico sideline, maybe twenty to twenty five players, but they were just excited about playing these guys. So, oh yeah, um, that was pretty good. Let's go ahead and end that screen share there. Okay, are we back? Are we back? Yeah, yeah we're back. Right. Okay. Um, so. Laferia with that district, they bounced back with a 27-25 win over PSGA Southwest. They took a loss last week. Uh, Kingsville, 0-2 with a 45-7 loss to San Diego. You know, our guy, and uh, we're going to say it again. Jay, You come on our show, and uh, we're going to make a star out of you. RJ Valerio, 100, 100 passing yards, two touchdowns, and 70 on the ground with another two touchdowns and a 45-7 win over Kingsville. Um Kingsville still They're having trouble, to, still trying to uh, trying to find their way. Yeah, that's a big struggle down there right now. So the district that uh, that's kind of a mess, and we hit on on, on Alice already, um, right? So they're in that district as well. TM's in that district. Laferia, um, Zapata. It, it's it's a mixed bag, but right now, Cal Allen's looking at the top. Maybe Alice at the second, depending how. You know this injury shakes out, and 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 how those kids can focus on on everything going forward. Uh, but right now, I mean, it's Cal Allen, Alice at the top, and and kind of mixed bag. Yeah, we'll start. Yeah. So should be doing Fifteen five A. This one's kind of a uh, a roller coaster rider. Fifteen four A. D one. Rockport goes down to sitting. Zero and two. Forty four to seventeen. Um. Braden Brown. We'll, we'll talk about the Pirates here up first, or the sitting Pirates. Looks like he's back to form. Yeah, yeah. Um, had two touchdowns rushing, uh, 318 yards, two touchdowns passing. I think he had 120 yards running on the ground. Uh, and another guy, Kobe Hesseltine, right? Another guy that's been on the show, 73 yards receiving yep. and a touchdown. Um, so it looks like the Pirates sitting, in that essence, are uh, – are making their way, finally getting back into the groove. Uh, a Cybert from Rockport had 287 yards and three touchdowns passing, a couple interceptions. Uh, but Sitton had put up a 21-point second quarter, and that seemed to be the difference in the yeah. ball game. I mean, uh, when we talked to some people over there that, that went to that game at Rockport, it just was like Rockport's defense just for a reason, man. They just were giving a lot of cushion to that, that Sitton offense. And, you know, Braden did a good job of, of moving the ball down the field on them. And, you know, that's Braden's no slouch. He's been on the varsity for a couple of years now, and – you know, that's a, that's a big game the last couple of years. So uh, I was a little shocked. I thought Rockport was going to get that one. Um, it seems maybe you know, Coach Troutman's got sent and kind of moving in the right direction. And I, I still think both teams are going to are going to fare really well moving forward. I think Rockport's defense right now probably trying to figure out, find a little more identity right now because I know they're putting kids on both sides of the ball. Um, so that you, when, you're, when you're having to go with kids on both sides of the ball at, at the level they are, you know, it's still kind of like, meh, kind of wearing them down. So – I think I think Rockport's gonna kind of have to figure that out a little bit. Uh, Ace, you know, he he had good stats. It's just what wasn't quite enough to keep up with what Sinton was putting out there. So um, Sinton moving forward, I think Rockport needs to find their identity going forth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh, they don't have a lot of time to rest. They've got Ingleside Who's next week. Pretty good. So, also, uh, 
we'll talk about them when we get down to uh yeah I mean, two. you saw um, that just go what man. plc portland Walker, calhoun took another loss to richmond they're all in two one's last time yeah yeah so calhoun's oh and two and they could be oh and three so uh man it's it's and Pleasanton is in that district as well. And, and Pleasanton had a pretty deep playoff run that third round last year. First time in about 10 years, I think they got that deep. Uh, they've got a returning quarterback. They got a lot of kids coming back there. So, I mean, they could be making some noise in that district and as well that we counted out. You want to keep an eye on Lavernia in that district as well. They're one and one. They had a loss to Burnett week one, but they had a pretty good win this week as well. So uh, just someone to pencil in, you know, that's in your district. Just keep an eye on it as well. Uh, Daniel Garza, what's your take on GP sophomore quarterback? Baller. He's a baller. He's going to be good. Uh, so, Beville, we mentioned it already when we kind of hit on 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 Adrian. 41-6 to six over Orange Grove, who was a 55-6 to six winner over – or 55-0 winner over Heavenville the week before. Uh, after having either – depending what stat you checked, either 28 yards of total offense or 48 yards of total offense, they came out with almost 500 yards of offense, 496 yards of offense in that win. Um. They spread the ball around very well around the ground. There was like five or six kids that had carries, maybe even seven. Um, nothing that really stood out, nothing that broke 100, but they all did the job. Yeah. Uh, so Beville throwing themselves back in the mix for that district off that. Uh, Coach Sosa always is a good job, right? Yeah. He's, they're they're going to be good. They're going to be – they're riding a good district that makes some noise too. And just like Tyler says, B, uh, Bishop's heading to B-Town. And Bishop 2-0, oh, we'll get to them in just a little bit. So 4-A-D-2, right? Uh, Robstown. We've had some folks there chiming in in the comments there. Robstown, 2-0. and uh, Derek Silva, the transfer from uh, McAllen Memorial, 232 yards passing, two touchdowns. And Edward Diaz, 131 yards rushing. So they are coming around. They what? Uh, the San Antonio YMCA Club? Or is it YMLA Club? YMLA Club, yeah. Something no, like that. Yeah. Cool. No, uh, that's good. I, I, I can't remember the last time Robstown was 2-0 and, and had people actually chiming in on here getting excited about them. So good for the cotton diggers. Yeah, and uh, I remembered Jimmy Hawkins, the Hawkins guys. Those are the kids I was talking about that the last time that that I can remember that uh, Robstown was making playoff runs. It may they may have made the playoffs after that, but those are the guys that I remember the Hawkins brothers that that stand out. Um, I knew it would come to me. It came to me probably twenty minutes after the show was over last week, but but there it was right. Uh, West Oso, fifty five. 14 over John Paul II. That was, um, was that Thursday night game? I think it was a Thursday night game. Yeah. Um, JP, man, they've probably got 20, 25 players on their sidelines right now. Very down on the athletic side That's over right. there at JP. Uh, so they're struggling. They're going to take their bumps. Hopefully it'll pay off when they start playing in their yes. TAPS division. Um, what was the run but, from West uh, He put up six touchdowns what, and how many yards was it? Almost 300, monster, 296. Monster. Game. I think. Yeah. Let me see if I can pull that up. Um, keep talking. Nah, West Oso. And then you got what Ingleside? We touched on that a little bit. 48-6 over AP. Ingleside moving to 2 and 0. the big thing for me, I was, you know, just looking at those stat lines on Ingleside, right? Uh 9 of 19 quarterback. What was the what, what's the what's the kid's name from Ingleside that's on the bottom? I didn't write that down. I I, I want to say Jacob, it's Jacobson. Jacob. That's it's spelled very it's yeah, spelled Jacob. very weird. Uh, but it, 270 it's yards, four touchdowns, two INTs. So you know, a team that we're used to seeing a lot of wing T and and stuff like that from Coach uh, Hamrick. You know, they, our boy Dave bringing a little bit of that passive knowledge over to the Mustangs, right? Four these two INTs. Yeah. That's you know, you clean that up. The thing was 426 yards of total offense though for the Mustangs. They had a lot of guys touching the ball, so that was 
that's huge. Yeah, they had a lot. Uh, a lot of a lot of guys that can score from different places. Um, twenty one point twenty one point first half is really what what the difference maker was. Kind of blew the game open, I think, for them. And you know, AP. I'm not I'm not exactly sure. We haven't seen seen a lot from AP in the last couple of years. So it's kind of like man, it's it, it's kind of rough over there. Zero and two. Uh, they're having a hard time finding find some wins as of late, and um, I really don't know what you how you you go from that right angle side. I think is starting to really start snowballing into a good team. Uh, their defense held AP to 121 yards. So every anytime you're putting up 100, 400 something plus yards, and then holding the team down to 121, I mean that's that's huge, you know. So good job for our boy David McHugh and Coach Hamrick and everyone else over at Ingle side. A big win right there. So West Oso was Elijah okay. Huff, 289 yards, 14 carries, and six touchdowns. Elijah. And then who else in that district? We have Bishop, right? Bishop's in that district. A bishop's, <clears throat> bishop's in the Valley District. Bishop is in the uh, the seeding district is what that comes down to. Uh, there's four teams in that district. They're all making the playoffs. It just depends who's going to get in where. Um, depending who you believed. You know, Bishop's breaking in a new head coach. They got rid of uh, uh, Louis. Louis. When was it? May time frame somewhere around there. So they've got a new head coach and they're two and zero. They've got a win last week, twenty four twenty over Tom Ball Christian Academy, and then they beat Moody this week, thirty five to fifteen. Uh, so the Badgers, you know, depending which way they're going and 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 how it rolls from here, I mean, they get their first test this week, right? Dependent to Jekyll and Hyde Beeville team, right? Opposite end of the spectrums last week, we hit on them already. They go to Beeville this week, and. Uh, Moody's heading to Eagle Pass. Uh, they'll be playing at a neutral site. Be playing in Jordanton. Jordan. Moody, Moody still looking for their first win. They're having a hard uh, time. The rest of that district, Port Isabel, 2-0. Uh, Raymondville, 1-1. One and one, and Lagrula, 0-2. Oh right? So, again, this is coming down to seedings. Right now, they've got PI as, as the number one and Raymondville, number two, and Bishop, number three. I can see this going. Your buddy Ken Martin. three. Your buddy Ken Martin's excited about PI. You know that. Oh, yeah. He's a big PI guy. You know, Ken Martin was on that uh semifinal team that lost to Sealy in 94. Uh, so I can promise you this, he's the only guy in California that's repping PI. Oh, 100 percent 100 percent They're probably like, What are you wearing? He's probably wearing his tarpon this? gear out there. Yeah, what is a tarpon? Right. All the way for the private schools. Yeah. So uh 3A D1. It's a big one. Big story. Yeah, let's talk about 15-3A first. That's the district up to our north, but we've got some local teams in that district. Mathis. Mm. Mathis. After coming off a 46-7 to loss to Ingleside, come out and beat who everybody was talking about as the world beaters, Taft. Yeah. 50-46 to on Thursday night. Uh, Taft Athletics or Taft Sports Network streamed this game. I caught it towards the end. We were out there at, at, at Buck Stadium. I didn't even know that game was being streamed. And I was watching on a – I was talking to Kat, who's our, our our show producer, who did that wonderful, wonderful show intro we showed you guys today. They're at 22 uh, Photography. Um, she was at that game covering that game, and she's sending me text. She's like, yo, yo, this is a game, right? So <laughs> – Ethan Zapata, who's a, who's one of the guys in the backfield for Mathis, number 44, 39 carries, 259 yards, and only one touchdown. They spread it around quite a bit. Um, but the big takeaway from this game, um, Taft led 39 to 20 at the half and then got outscored 30 to 7 in the second half. Yeah, 37 points in the second half for Mathis. That's huge. Yeah, and uh, 30, actually, it was 30. 
Uh, so yeah, it was 30. It was 20 to 14, or it was 39 to 20 at the half. And then uh, they just went on that steamroll. I don't know what kind of adjustments Trey made at the at half, but whatever it did, it worked. Uh, still, Acosta still finished with a good game for Taft. 368 passing yards, four touchdowns, and, and 60 rushing. And Josh Suarez, the do-everything Swiss Army knife over there. I'm guessing it was receptions, 12 receptions, 221 yards, and three touchdowns. I mean, so they're still producing. They just, yeah. uh, man, that Mathis defense stepped up in the second half. Just what a what a shocker though that is though I mean because especially how Mathis came out I was thinking I thought I legit thought Taff was gonna put 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 him in the coffin on this game right here, dude you I know? did too and that and that could have been it right remember these are fifteen to seventeen year old kids here on the sidelines right you come off a big win uh, like they did against Skidmore Tynan last week uh, and then you know you're up thirty nine you score thirty nine points in the first half of this game and you saw that Mathis took that beating last week you know confidence sets in right. Um, complacency sets in and uh, you come out flat in the second half. And that, that could have been what happened. Right. And Mathis came in, they're ready. And, and they threw a couple haymakers in and uh, ended up winning. Yeah. Sure. So the rest of that district, um, I think, and I, I think you're in agreement. Edna, Edna is still the class of that district. They with a 27, 21 win over Bay city. I think that district still theirs to lose London one and one after 39, six lost referio referio bounces back. And those guys had a very good game. I know either, either Ryan Lenny is here or, uh, or Billy is in here. Billy, you guys want to give us a little rundown or, or Ryan, you want to give us a little rundown of what happened that game? We'll, we'll wait. Uh, I was just shocked a little bit because I, I'm, okay. I get, that's not shocked that referio won, right? I kind of figured they would, but like I was telling you uh, the other day, I was like, man, you know, I really expected London with what they've been doing the last couple of years to have given Refurio a pretty good, pretty good game, you know, and 39 to six. Uh, I wasn't there, but uh, I had a couple of buddies texting me about it. They were watching it. Marky Mark was watching it. He was, he said he was pretty impressive with how much, uh, you know, running options they had. Uh, so that looks like that's going to be Refurio's identity this year, running options, or at least that's what they're trying to perceive right now. But, you know, I was expecting London to give them a, a tougher game. And honestly, if you if you told me at the end of the night, hey, London beat Referio, I might not have really been shocked just because, you know, from what, you know, my understanding of what London's been doing the last couple of years, it seems like, that you know, hey, they're starting to build a pretty good program over there. And then they came over here and Referio just, you know, kind of put it on them, which I'll tell you exactly where Referio's at, right? They're doing what Referio always does, gearing up for a deep run. So, uh, I think I think if you're a Bobcat fan, you have to be excited with some of the talent you had. I saw some highlights. Uh, Ernest Campbell, man, you know he's a he's he, he's a he's a small guy, but he's starting to look like he's starting to fill out a little bit. He he was trucking people. He he moved over and he's playing with some aggressive attitude. So he looks pretty pretty stout for them. And of course, Bland runs the ball really well as well. So you know, like I'd like to hear Ryan's take on it because you know he's a avid Refereo guy, but uh, Refereo probably gonna make another deep run and. I think I think London will bounce will bounce back though, uh, moving forward. Man, but that is a tough district that they're in now. So to finish yep. off the rest, you know Vanderbilt forty seven lost two Shiners to both top two A teams that lost last week bounced back with with yep. wins over three A opponents. Right, forty seven to zero. Um, each other, what's that? They're gearing up for each other. Yeah, yeah, and that's a district matchup this year, folks. Remember that. That's not going to be a a playoff game. That is a a, a district game this year. And then Goliad, after a win over Tidehaven last week, uh, loses 16 to 13 at Poteet. Uh, Sands uh, Ernest Davila, who was the 3A MVP there at running back last year. Um, so, again, I think it, this district as well, after Edna, it's kind of a mixed bag. We're going to see what happens there as far as that seeding goes. And, you know, Ed or Mathis, 
you know, they could use this win as a springboard to the rest of the district. You know, uh, a lot of folks had Mathis not making the playoffs. They could make some noise yeah. depending on what's going to happen, right? 16-3A, D1. Fast and <laughs> Furious, 2-0. and Oh, man. Right? Ruben's fruit is finally starting yeah, to bloom. Went over Heavenville this uh, this past week. And uh, Heavenville, man. 0-2. Uh, 0-2. 0-2. It's, it's been a while. And then they had a 30 to 14 win over Santa Maria in week one. So uh man, congratulations to the, the fighting bull jerseys, right? Uh Ruben's been there. Ruben was the former offensive coordinator, run game coordinator there at, at Miller, what three years ago, four years ago? And uh probably, probably four years ago now. And then he came from Crosby prior to that. So he's been a part of some really good staffs. So he knows what he's doing, right? He's he's and and, and he, he seems like he seems like he's very active on social medias, right? So we interact with him and he just he does a lot for those kids at Thought Furious. You know, he, get, he gets nice uniforms. And he's making sure that the, the equipment that they got is up to par, right? So, you know, starting to see a little fruits of his labor, right? And it's exciting for him and Thought Furious, you know, because this is his first head coaching head coaching stop. And, you know, go, starting off 2-0, and you couldn't ask for anything more. Yep. yep. I, 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 and, I, and I could be wrong, but I, I want to send a shout-out. I think he just got accepted to a Ph.D. program, I think. I think so. I think. Um if, if I'm wrong, Ruben, I'm sorry. And if I'm right, guys, congratulations, guy. Yeah, this is master, so I'm pretty sure you're right on that one. Yeah. Um, so they face Monte Alto next week, so they should be three and zero. Definitely. You know they they should be they should be three and zero after next week. Um, man, also in that district, San Diego. We talked about San Diego already. They had a big win, good bounce back. Um. So we will jump into to 3AD2 Flyford. They they had a big win last week as well, too. So they'll make some noise in that district in 163 AD1. Uh 3AD2. Boys. Um everybody but Banchetti lost in this district. My boys, I guess we'll start with them since we talked about Taft already. Odom's 0-2 after a 34-7 loss to Tidehaven. Uh we said it last week. Odom's a very young team. Um, that game easily could have been 21-7, 21-0 in the favor of Odom going into halftime. Uh, they just they can't finish drives, man. They are they you were young. at that one. Young you team. Were, uh, they were. I was at that game. Um, Odom was in the five yard five within the five yard line three times in the first half and just and and couldn't get in. Could not is, get is in for for a score. Line? What's and the then, what uh, seems to be the hold up? It. They're just they're just young, man. They're young. They're trying to gel. It's a little bit of the front the front uh yeah. the fronts on both sides, um and it doesn't help that uh that uh. Tide Haven's got a 6'5, 280 pound quarterback. That's they what did. I'm guessing. The kid was big. Uh, Chance McRae finished with 11 carries for 165 yards and two touchdowns. And Joseph Dodds, who's number five, the guy that I was worried about from last year, he's a sophomore and 216 rushing yards. Um, I mean, those guys did it all for them. Um, so Tide Haven, they have a pretty good squad. Young, don't have a very big squad at all. Man, I say on the sidelines, they maybe had 10 extra kids. Oh, wow. Uh, on the sidelines. Yeah, not a very big team at all. Uh, but yeah, not a whole lot to report on that Jeez, district. Uh, Bancetti 36 0 over uh SGA, and they got Premont next week. And Premont, man, they're handing out chingas right and left, dude. They had another <laughs> big win, damn uh, 46 to 0 week one over Monte Alto and 60 to 7 over, over the mighty red ants down in Progreso. Uh, so Premont, and we had Coach Cantu on the show, man, two years ago, I think, right? Um, when they brought yep. their program back, if you guys yes. are familiar with what's going on in Fremont, man, they were the school the program back. taken over by TEA a few years ago. Had to bring conservators in over the over the school board and whatnot. And the school almost got shut down. 
a lot of those kids were going to foul furious and things like that. And, uh, man, uh, Steven van Matry came in as the, uh, as the superintendent and, and started to change things, passed a couple bonds, um, got off that conservatorship, got the district back from TEA and, and, uh, built a new football stadium, built some new facilities out there. And, uh, man, the community's buying in, they're loving it. And, uh, the results are showing pretty quick, um, on that football field. They're doing very well. Yeah. Uh, so congratulations, Primo. Congratulations, Coach Gunthu. You guys are doing great. Um, we kind of hit on 2AD1 already, right? Shiner and Referio both bounced back with wins over three opponents this week. They both lost three opponents the week before. Um, three Rivers is a surprise in that district. 2-0. and Beating Fall City, who played for the state championship last year. Beat Fall City week one, 34-0. And then they beat a 3A team in Nixon Smiley, 31-20 this past week. Uh, so keep your eyes on the Bulldogs, man. Um, they're... Project, I think they were projected to finish fourth or maybe miss the playoffs period. Uh, but they may be fighting for a playoff spot. Yep. Yeah, I think they will, man. It'll be interesting to see how they handle Shiner and Referi, though. I mean, they, they, I've seen good three rivers teams in the past, and then they put you match them against Referi, and it's like, oh, what happened here? Right. So hopefully, hopefully they get the ball or keep the ball rolling right and and moving. It'd be nice to see three rivers make a little playoff run. Uh Ganado, who I think is a move down this year, they're two and oh as well in that district. Um, they beat a couple three opponents these past couple weeks. They beat, uh, man, here's up for discussion. Palacios, Palacios, uh, 49-7 in week one. And then they beat Van, they just beat Van Vleck 39-14 this past week. Um, so they could be also be making some noise there as well. And don't count us out of that race as well. Uh, Javier Guzman, three rivers has a solid quarterback. Uh, give us some more go. info, Javier. Um, man, but that's really all we got as far as for the reactions this week. I mean, man, Sergio, our guy at South Texas Bloodsport, was over at a, at a bunch of games this past week, and uh, he got a couple of highlights that we are gonna we're gonna share with you guys just to show you guys here a little bit. So let's go to our Chrome tab here for a little bit, and uh, let's go. So here's Corey Holmes here, who's an excellent runner uh, for Miller, who's gonna be making some noise this year. He's gonna uh, he's gonna be a problem for a lot of folks this year. That's their boy, man. That's the one everyone talks about right there, Corey Holmes. Yep. That three-headed monster. They love Corey Holmes. And then we've got Mr. All-American here, right? Got a little bit of extras at the end there. You got to love it. Old Lonnie, dude. Lonnie is a beast. Yeah. And then you've got, you know, we really didn't talk about how uh vets did a lot of their work this past week. What are you saying about vets? Hang on, still trying to figure out this new studio. Um, they're uh, they uh, man, they had a pick six. That was the first score of the game, right? That was um, I have it here somewhere. I had my notes written down somewhere. Yeah, um, Brandon Garza with a forty-three yard pick six that opened up scoring for vets. Uh, Luke Moya had a sixty-eight yard punt return, and uh, man, Jaden Castaneda, uh, man, this guy number five 
uh, the running back for vets. I don't know if you guys have seen him this year, but man, he's as, as big as a number two pencil fast. Uh, but he finished with 98 yards on 12 carries, had a 54 yard touchdown run. And uh, Elijah, Elijah Durrett had 197 yards passing, 28 yards rushing and two touchdowns. You also have a run, uh, a, a run, a, a lot of touchdown run off the bat that was called back on penalty as well. That was called back on holding or was a block in the back or something. Block. Yeah. So, uh, Jaden Castaneda, he's a, he's a ball player that you're going to have to watch out for those guys. Uh, let's see. Dual threat really fast. Yeah. Three rivers is mixing up, uh, spread and wing T Caden Solis is his name. He's a junior. That's the quarterback there in, in, uh, in three rivers and you know, three rivers every now and then they got a good one that they'll put out. And this could yeah. be one of them. Defense. Um, yeah, definitely. Guys. I think we're really going to wrap it up here, guys. Justin, nah, you have man, anything this else? This is a pretty quick recap show this week. Yeah, we wanted to uh, we wanted to get this in now because we, we start nights tonight, so we'll be working tonight. And uh, we're going to have time to get a show in this week. I think games start on Thursday night again this week. I think Odom's going to host Mathis Thursday night. I think that should be a KRS 6, the CW game yeah. of the week this week. And uh, so that'll be there. So, uh, like I said, we roll off Thursday morning. We wouldn't have really have any time to get a show in before everything started this week. So guys, um, as we're still figuring out this new studio that we have here, um, if you guys got any highlight reels or anything that you want to share, send them to us, shoot them us through email, shoot us through them DM. Um, we'll highlight your kids, man. That's what we're here for. Chicken. Consider this our sixth day of posting uh, until we get a show sponsorship. Seriously, it started off as a joke. Uh, and now, now I want it to come to fruition, right? fruition hey hey they're liking our posts so they're they're paying attention they're seeing what's going on and uh i'm hoping business is picking up with all the free publicity yeah, that we're we're so we just need to we need to make it official we need to make did it official. That what's that more though i did see that i did see that thank you david go beats go beats uh guys again thanks for uh thanks for tuning in again today and uh we'll call it a wrap just keep us keep us updated throughout the week uh, hit us up on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, DM us, do whatever. And uh, again, you can find this on audio on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, anywhere you get your, your podcast, you'll find us. Thanks, guys. And uh, we'll see you next week.